Hi everyone, and welcome back to Level Zero Literacy. This week we're going to be covering one of Sam's favorite games, Before Your Eyes. The episode will contain discussion of subjects that include aging, death, loss of memory, as well as a brief discussion of some unfortunate circumstances surrounding animals, so please use your best judgment before proceeding. I'd like to personally thank everyone who's reached out since the premiere for all the feedback. We appreciate every single one of you. Enjoy! folks, and welcome back to Level Zero Literacy. I'm Samuel, joined by my usual co-hosts, Buck and Mason. Hello. Hello. This week we are talking about a game that won a BAFTA award for games beyond entertainment, Before Your Eyes. Before Your Eyes is an immersive game that uses blinking as its main form of control and was developed by Goodbye World Games. It was written and co-directed by Graham Parks and composed and co-directed by Oliver Lewin. By, or BYE, is a game that started with the concept of giving players the ability to control a game by blinking, which was followed by the idea of showing the players the passage of time. While there aren't really any direct inspirations for this game according to developers, they were looking to work in the space of making games more accessible. You play as Benny, a soul who is picked up by a ferryman who sees something unique about the soul. The ferryman asks Benny to retell his life so that he might be presented to the gatekeeper and allowed into the next part of whatever this afterlife is, while the ferryman can also be uh, awarded. Personally, I would say the only big theme of this game is mortality, but I would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are on that. Mortality is a is obviously the main theme, but like there's shades of other things that get touched on a lot, like regret living you know like looking back on a life lived thinking about what it could be you know love is a lot in there relationships with family comes up quite a bit i, I don't know i don't think mortality is the only thing it's obviously the main thing i i guess what i mean by that is like i th- i think that conceptually is you are viewing these things through the scope of mortality you know mm-hmm. looking back on your life is something that we are viewing through in the scope of mortality and like the relationships you have in your life, mm-hmm. a life in review, so to speak. Yeah. Kind of reflecting on the choices you make in the passions you pursue and your relationships in the lens of mortality. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And that's not to say that those other themes aren't relevant, but it's more of a matter of how the developers chose to present those themes within the bounds of the game that they created. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's framed in the afterlife, right? Or that's the setting that the game takes place in. Obviously, like, mortality is the lens through which regret and family and love is explored, mm-hmm. I guess I'd say. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. Before we delve more into the story aspects of the game, let's talk a little bit about the technological aspects, just so we can all sort of talk about our experience. So for those of you out there that might not be aware or haven't played the game yourself, this game uses a webcam as its recommended form of control over the game. And essentially, your webcam is calibrated so that it can detect the blinking of your eyes 
and then you use your mouse to sort of guide where you're looking in whatever scene that you happen to be in. Now, obviously, technology is not perfect, and results on that may vary based off of how good your webcam is, the structure and layout of your face, whether or not you wear glasses. For me, personally, I did not have any technical issues with this game, but I know that both of you did, if you want to sort of describe your experiences. They have a glasses mode, which I'm sure works for people who don't have tiny eyes. I hope it does. And my other issue is that it worked pretty well when I took my glasses off, but I cannot see without my glasses. The way I engaged with, like, 70% of this game was I looked at my computer screen through a phone screen while I controlled the mouse with my hand and did the blinking and engagement with the mechanics there. And while that is definitely a crappy way to engage with a game, I didn't really resent it or anything. I just thought it was unfortunate that it went that way that does sound like a nightmare i had a little bit of different technical issues i my webcam that i happen to have right now is really on its last leg i think it's near the end of its life and it it made it very hard to kind of frame my face correctly in calibration mode i eventually got it working like pretty well However, it would, I think because of my glasses or because my camera is not super great, it would like register false blinks. And there's also a mechanic where at certain points in the game, you have to close your eyes to kind of eavesdrop on people to focus on what they're saying. And that that was very, very difficult. To, like I felt like I grappled with it every single time it came up. Now, and that... To be very fair to the game, that is that was probably the fault of my camera. And you can play this game without a webcam. You can, they call it simulate the blinking of an eye by clicking on your mouse. But there is impact that is lost in translation there. Because the idea is that when you blink, blinking is something that, you know, you can become conscious of. You can, you know, force your self to keep your eyes open but at the same time it's an autonomous response it's something that you're going to do automatically so even during in even during scenes where you are desperately trying to keep your eyes open there might be a time where you blink and you miss something that you wish you could have seen yeah and, and in the in the last part of the game i did my absolute best to use the mouse control with with my eye, what my eyes were doing in mind, but I did lose a little bit when I was controlling with the mouse. I had the exact same experience. I eventually switched to the mouse, and I would click every time that I blinked, but having to cognitively kind of work that through at every second kind of detracts from focusing fully, meditating on kind of what the game's trying to say at any given moment. There's also, this is a little bit, actually, you know what, I'm going to say this is less to do with my camera and the glasses and whatever. There are some points in the game where there's a mechanic that you have to keep your eyes open and it's like mandatory. And 
one of the things I think is very natural to do while you're playing the game is try to keep your eyes open during other parts of the game as long as possible. So you can like, you know, in the story of the game, you're like holding on to these memories of your life and out of the game, you're trying to get as much context and story out of the game as possible. And then you get to the parts of the game where it's like, hold your eyes open. And then it just becomes like torturous pain. (laughs) It was super hard. Yeah, that's the exact same thoughts I had. Like, if you play the game in one sitting and you're doing the earlier part of the game, which does not require you to keep your eyes open, you get to this later part. And I was doing it like at the end of a work day where I had been staring at a computer for eight hours. It was rough. I'll say <laughs> I, I also found it really trying. And then if you blink during the parts, where you have to keep your eyes open. The counter resets partially. And so like you can kind of trap yourself in this loop where you have to keep your eyes open through certain lines of dialogue and then you'll get halfway through it and abs- accidentally blink. And then the NPC will be like, no, 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 keep your eyes open. And the dialogue has been cut halfway off. So it restarts, but restarting takes like, precious seconds that you can't keep your eyes open towards and it cuts off again halfway through the line and then the npc's chiming in again and it's it it caused some frustration for me it was i found it really frustrating moving past the technical issues let's sort of dive in more to the narrative elements of this game and i kind of want to take it at a surface level at first i know we've never really done this before but i'd really honestly genuinely Past the technical issues that you guys had, what were sort of your thoughts towards how this narrative play out? Because it's pretty short. This game only the runtime of this game is probably 80 to 90 minutes, depending on how quick you go through it. Yeah. So I'd love to hear just sort of like at a at a thousand feet up looking down, what what were your thoughts sort of approaching this game and coming out of it? I I really liked the story the game was telling it used a lot of narrative devices in really really creative ways particularly like the unreliable narrator was employed in a way that i don't think i've ever seen it employed in fiction before not that i'm like the biggest reader or whatever but i thought it was super super creative i thought the characters were very charming i thought every moment was like something i was trying to hang on to i was speaking earlier about how you try to hold your eyes open, it's because I wanted as much time in this world with these characters as possible. The narrative, I think, is really, really strong. Yeah, like, I really appreciate, you know, there's not a lot of characters here just because of how short it is. Mm. But I do think you get a lot of time to spend with them, and it's really interesting. And I think engaging with the blinking mechanics in the ways that you kind of can was pretty fun in terms of what making the decisions figuring out what you want to do because there are choices in this game i assume Mm -hmm. and i really like the way they implemented each of those things and story-wise i personally was not expecting the twist and when you hit it in the game and you go back through certain things. I don't know. So I actually have an issue where I don't have a very good memory at all. Mm. And 
it kind of made me engage with that because a lot of my personal memory of my childhood is either severe traumatic events or the memories that I have of memories, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and it made me recontextualize those feelings I have about my memories going through what this game has to show you. But I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and something that I really appreciate is that this game doesn't overstay its welcome. I think a lot of times when people hear a game only has an 80 to 90 minute runtime, that's sort of a turnoff where there's just not a lot to it or there's not a lot going on. But I feel like they perfectly packaged everything you need. And while I do think maybe they could have spent uh, like 10 to 15 minutes at most exploring some of the different concepts that they were working for for the most part i feel like they nail everything on the head they they give you just enough time to build the relation in the first half of the game you get enough time to build out your relationships in such a way that you get to feel the impact of those relationships as you move through that first half i'll definitely say they did a really good job picking their moments because I felt very connected to the characters in the world by the end of the game. And also, I feel like if I had to play even a three to four hour game with this blinking mechanic, I think it would kind of wear itself out. They nailed <laughs> they nailed the pacing, I think. I'll also, this is like a pretty minor criticism, but sometimes the blinking to move forward in time mechanic can happen in the middle of dialogue. So there are sections where blinking doesn't move time forward. And then as you get towards the end of a certain scene, you'll get a symbol, which is the game indicating to you that the next blink is going to jump time. So if you want to stick around, you have to not blink. And it can it can come up in the middle of like really important lines of dialogue, I think, which sometimes can make this... It can hurt the pacing. The story flow can be kind of weird... If you're in the middle of a sequence of scenes that are going over the feeling of loss the character feels for his mother, and then you're talking with your father who's in the middle of a sentence about how much he misses her, you like blink forward to something unrelated. I I felt there were a couple, uh, just a couple, but it was enough to remember like kind of awkward moments for that mechanic. Do y'all do y'all know what I mean? I don't view I feel, that as a flaw. I view it as yeah. a feature. <laughs> <laughs> I I know exactly what you mean, and I mean, as I just said, I have bad memory. So it's like, it's how I experience my memories. And so it's like, you know, and I think part of it is, if the point is mortality and life is fleeting, like sometimes you don't live in the most important moments of your life enough, and you don't know mm-hmm. how important they were until... <laughs> they're gone right yeah i mean i think maybe this is a more literal interpretation i think sam you had said you had expressed a similar sentiment to me when i brought this up to you yeah so for me i think the idea of the game is it leaves you in the scenes that are important long enough such that the passage of time can't happen until you've experienced everything you need to experience is how I would put it. 
there is dialogue. There are things that are said that if you give yourself the ability to live within them, give you a different perspective, a different impact. But that's not the point. That's not how, and that's not how life is. Sometimes you miss, sometimes in life you do miss the things, as Buck said, you miss the things that are important. Sometimes you do miss out on the things that you thought or you get a different perspective on things when you're looking back at something because maybe you remember something that you weren't thinking of before. And as a result of that, now the way you reflect on that memory has changed. And I think that the idea is they sort of give you tastes of this where after the turn, you have to relive some of the scenes that your character skips over earlier in the game where the scene with the phone call where your mom realizes that her her dad is going to die and the scene where you experience mortality for the first time as you look out in the yard and see that wolves have eaten the kittens that your cat gave birth to that the the idea of this is you know Things are hard to remember, and sometimes we want to forget things, and sometimes we forget things that we wish we could remember. But whatever we get is the context that we are going to move forward with in our lives, and that's how the things will continue to impact us. I I mean, I understand the point of the game. I understand it's about fleeting memories. However, they've put in these compelling characters They've put in these scenes and these characters that I'm trying to insert myself into, I'm trying to relate to, and I think that the moving forward in time comes a little too early in the scenes for me to be able to fully kind of meditate and step in on on and put myself into what's happening. I don't, you know, I understand that it's about the fact that looking back on things at the end of your life, you might have lost some moments, but... In this instance, in in the game that's trying to tell a story, we have the benefit of being able to construct something narratively in a a way that doesn't happen in real life. And I I want to, or I think I would have enjoyed it better if I got to fully, how do I want to say this? I think I would have enjoyed it better if I got to experience experience it in just a little bit more of a contiguous way narratively. There were still a lot of moments that I was trying to hold on to. I was trying to not blink because I didn't want to move to the next part. And I think that kind of feeling, it does really well where there's little interactable parts in every scene that make you want to hold on. And I think there's enough parts of the game where moving forward can happen at times where it seems like you miss something about to happen that I don't think you have to do it when someone is talking directly to you about things that are very narratively important. And I, and I think it's kind of a personal thing for me. I think it's just sort of something that would have made me connect better. I don't think it's a criticism I want to hold over the game as a whole. I just, I just think for me personally, I I would have found a better experience had I, at least during, like, basic dialogue moments, not been able to shoot forward. 
I also, and th- again, this is not to necessarily put down your thoughts. I do feel like you might be overemphasizing the importance of the dialogue. And I, I don't know how much that reflects on the frustrations of your experience. I yeah. wonder if that's intentional. I wonder if they I wonder if they want to make you feel like those things you missed were important, whether or not they were actually important. But my response to what you said, Mason, is your feelings are valid. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, you know, obviously people are going to walk away from video games and especially games like this with very different feelings on their experience. Hey, maybe I've maybe okay. maybe it's evoked the exact feeling that the writers were trying to evoke. I don't know. Yeah. It's I, I can't decode I, exactly what they were trying to make people feel. I just know what I did feel. I think frustration is a valid thing to feel. It's frustrating to not remember things. Not every game is about making you feel good, especially if you accept yeah. games as well, a narrative. Especially this game. This game is not supposed to make you feel good. Yeah, this game is about making you feel like shit. And I did cry like heavily at the end. But so let's 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 move into it. Let's let's talk about our one moments. Mason, why don't you start? So my one moment happens towards the first act of the game. There is a set of choices you can take where you your main character has like a little girlfriend and you can choose to spend time with her and live like a, I guess like a fulfilling and fun and, and wonderful childhood. Or you can dedicate yourself to like being super virtuosically good at piano. And it's very clear that your mother who's pushing you to play piano is sort of living vicariously. And it's, it says so almost explicitly at a later point in the game. But, you know, I I was a kid who, unsurprisingly, played a lot of video games, didn't have a, a ton of, like, close friends that I spent a lot of time with growing up. I also, you know, was pushed to play piano and play sports and all those kinds of things. I never really stuck with anything, but I played a piano for a long time. I found it very easy to relate to the character, and I think it really really drove home the message the game was trying to communicate that I related so, so deeply to the main character of the game in that moment. The The specific moment I remember was your character is practicing piano and you have the option to pick up the phone and talk to your friend who's invited you out to like a little sleepover or whatever. And your mom's over your shoulder, like out of frame saying like, ah, don't pick up the phone, keep practicing. You got to keep practicing. And obviously this moment is a microcosm. This choice you make is going to dictate what you dedicate your life towards. Having a really close friend who means a lot to you or pouring yourself fully into, you know, learning piano and trying to get somewhere with piano in life. And, you know, because of my choices, I later kind of burned out of the big recital that this part of the game is kind of building towards. It touched me like very personally. It it made me feel so understood, I guess. The choices that we make in life, the road not traveled and all that. Yeah, I thought a lot about like what, you know, what what would my childhood have been like if I had spent more time socializing? Would I have been not such a huge dork in high school? Wouldn't I 
you know, would I have not been such a bitter and unsociable person in the teenage years of my life? You know, would I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it, it evoked a lot of those types of feelings in me and it, it feels really good to see a story about something that you kind of relate to like that. Especially given that the main character of this game is sort of painted in a, I don't want to say antisocial because there is, you know, they're, they're a character that does embrace being, embrace being social, but they're awkward. They're sort of sheltered, I think would be the right word because their parents have tried to shove them into, or their mom, I suppose specifically has tried to shove them into this one path that is inevitably taken up a lot of their time. Buck, talk about, uh, tell us about what you were thinking about your big moment. So my big moment is the one I'm going to pick for the podcast is after the twist. So shall we discuss the twist? For those of you that haven't played the game, which we highly recommend, obviously. The framing device of this game is that you are on a ferry telling the story of your life to a fairy man who is going to present your story to a gatekeeper that will allow you into a greater part of the afterlife, a more fulfilling part of the afterlife that you are currently finding yourself in. About halfway through the game, after you have regaled the ferryman with this great life that you have led, it is revealed that you have been lying and that there is something that you have not been telling the ferryman and what you find out is that you actually died as a child after one of the scenes that you saw during the first half of the game where you are in a doctor's office and in the first telling of the story you play it off as that you recovered and were able to live a long fulfilling life as a result and that is what got you started down a different path. But really, the truth is that you never recovered. And that was ultimately the thing that did you in. Yeah. So my moment, which is actually kind of like, it's technically a bunch of moments. But I don't think I've ever seen being terminally ill presented in such an interesting way uh you know no idea what it's like to be terminally ill yet but hopefully never (laughs) hopefully very ominous use of the word yet there buck thanks for that (laughs) but as you are very late in the game as you are living through the later moments of your child life you have this giant red fuzz just taking over your senses your vision your hearing and they give you a button to press to try to suppress the pain of the giant red buzz and as i was you know quote unquote living through these moments and trying to get rid of the pain And just trying to actually, you know, answer the phone or talk to my mom or, you know, anything like that. And the pain just 
being there and it being so much of what you are and just in the way in the worst possible way like i think that <laughs> that is what emotionally affected me the most out of any you know particular part of this game i wasn't so surprised to find out that the kid had been lying because the ferryman very strongly you know accuses you of it while you try to go through and he you know tries to sniff it out but just the just the pseudo feeling of living through that kind of pain it it just <laughs> i don't know it, it it, it, that is the thing that has stuck with me since I played. It's just mm -hmm. how it, disruptive it was. I think there's yeah. a lot of very nice minor touches during those phases of the game that really drive it home as well. During all that, all those parts of the game, you're every time you wake up, you have like a meal in front of you, and you're towards the end of the character's life. They're like struggling to eat like one bite of a sandwich, and they can't they can't like bring themselves to press the button anymore. And they're like they they can't like drink their juice. I don't know. I I thought those smaller things, those like little optional things, like really drove home the just the horrible state the physical state that they were in the constant pain mm. i was panicking i was like no i have to eat i have to take my medicine like yeah oh yeah it, it's really devastating how well it's portrayed i know there's a game that people talk about a lot called that dragon cancer which i've never played personally but want to at some point and i feel like in before your eyes, I got almost a microdose of what I would expect to get in that dragon cancer. And it's like they really tug at the heartstrings during those scenes when you're um, writing your, your character, like he gets a gift of a typewriter and they start writing out the fake life story that they'll eventually tell to the ferryman on their first go around and you have to hear your parents like fighting in the hallway and you know they're fighting over you because you're causing like you not you but your terminal illness is causing like horrendous strain on their relationship like every little detail it seems like it's like carefully and it is to be clear carefully crafted to just make you feel absolutely terrible and devastated at every step of the way. And what I particularly love is a lot of the choices that you make in this game sort of start small and end up becoming a bigger deal than you thought they were. Where, you know, as Mason was talking about earlier, going and spending out one night on a beach it causes you to mess up your music audition, which completely sort of resets your life trajectory. In that same way, during the turn where you are sort of moving from the first act of the game into the second act of the game, the ferryman is asking you how you would describe different aspects of your life. You know, how would you describe your how how would you describe your mother as a mother? How would you describe that girl you live next to? Was she your best friend or your first love? Things like that, and they trick you and it's so smart 
because you answer honestly based off of what you how you feel. And I think most people would answer that their mother was demanding because through the scope, through the lens of what you see in that first act of the game, that's how she comes off a lot of the time. She, you know, there is a level of caring and understanding, but it's a lot of demands. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And then it turns out that the things that you were telling the boatman, the ferryman, are the things that you wrote on your story in the typewriter. And if you say that your mom was demanding, it devastates her. Yeah, it's because she reads your story and she sees that. And it's something that you never would have. If if you knew she was going to read it, obviously you wouldn't have written that. Right. Mm -hmm. But they trick you into say saying the truth. And I think it's so smart. I love it. And then when your mother realizes what you wrote, she's having to hear that she was a bad mother at times from her dying son. Yeah. Jesus. So uh, let me, let me talk about my one moment because I'm sure there's more stuff we want to sort of cover. This is something that I picked up on because I watched Mason's playthrough. I played this game back in 2021 might've played it on new year's Eve, 2020. So it's been a long time since I played it myself. So to refresh myself, I watched Mason's playthrough. Watching Mason's playthrough, there is one scene that really stuck out to me where the writers laid out the seeds of the fact that you were lying in the first act. And it's the scene where you are at your mother's funeral. And the first time I played through this game, the first time I played through this game, I cried throughout my the mother's funeral so i didn't pick up on this i didn't really have the emotional ability to but watching mason when your character steps onto the stage to say some words about their mother they don't say anything and when you're just playing through it the first time i think the reaction is sort of, oh, you know, I froze up. I didn't know what to say. It's I was experiencing so much grief and emotion at that time that I couldn't process anything worth speaking or I couldn't process the idea of words, right? But the truth is your character never experienced that. And so they didn't know what to say because they've never process the concept of their mother dying they never process the idea of what they would say at their mother's funeral it almost feels like during that scene when your dad is saying like what are you doing son say something say anything it almost feels like it's the ferryman trying to interrogate you on this moment and you coming up short you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. and there's something so much more powerful about that moment on rewatch because I love games that respect themselves enough to know where they're going and to respect their players who might be doing multiple playthroughs of their game. That's a moment where I think 
90, 95% of people would not pick up through on their first playthrough, but on second playthrough or watching someone else play after you've done it yourself, you will pick up on. And I think that's just, it makes the moment all that much more devastating because you know what's coming and you know the reason why you can't find the word, your character can't find the words. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, like that, and that whole part of the game is hugely affecting or was to me and then to like learn that it was all a lie was at first like a little bit relieving and then you get hit like actually no it's way worse it's so much more sad and terrible than that the other thing that might have been my moment is and i don't know exactly how this part of the game works i don't know if i miss something or what but it it sounds like we all ended up on the art path yes so i i don't know what like the dedicating yourself to the music path looks like but on the art path where you can kind of have a positive relationship with your mom and then there's this point where she ends up calling you and she's talking about something negative. I, I think it's her getting sick and like she knows she's going to die. And the fact that I couldn't get my character to pick up the phone there, because I tried. I like looked at the phone. I was like, can I pick it up? Because Wait, she you couldn't, says you couldn't pick up the phone. No, like the wow. option to do it was not there. I was able to. I wonder where our playthroughs differed. I had that exact thing. The, you're talking about the scene where she opens with like, hey, it's me. Don't worry about picking up the phone. Yes, you, yes. I could. I picked up the phone and talked to her. I could not. I'm super surprised. I, huh. So did you choose not to? Or? No, I picked up and spoke to her. And then she kind of like. She kind of, like, nagged me a little for picking up. She's like, oh, I was just going to leave a message. Just like, oh. I'm, like, a little sick or whatever, but I'll get better. I didn't want you to worry. I just wanted to let you know. It was, like, that kind of vibe. Those aren't her exact words, but it was that kind of oh. thing. Oh, man. I don't know what I did. I mean, I-, I will say I had it. I ended up with a fairly negative relationship with my mother. I kind of wanted to rebel and revolt. You know, I wasn't not going to go hang out with the girl. I um, I definitely had a more positive relationship with my mom in the game than that because I would I practiced piano very ardently and then like anytime I went to go hang out with is her is Chloe Chloe's her name right yeah. yeah anytime I went to go hang out with Chloe it was like uh, sneaking out so like she would call me in the middle of the night and I would go sneak out I didn't actually pick up her calls during like piano practice or anything I ended up going to the recital and screwing it up and then mom ended up being like pretty sympathetic towards me. She was like, oh, I guess I pushed too hard. Like, I can't believe this. Well, we're going to get you on track. Like, I understand. You know, she was, like, very, like, uh, nurturing when I screwed up the recital. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I, it was so devastating to, like, not be able to pick up the phone. And then I think the next scene after that is she's dead. And I'm like, oh, God. You know, I was... That actually, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because like one of the last <laughs> things my dad said at the funeral was like, at least you got to speak to her one last time. I was like, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Something and, else that's really crazy is how big the time skip is in between when you're sick, when your character is sick and 
just going to art school. Yeah. Because you're 11 or 12 or 13, maybe even 13 when you're sick. So you skip literally five years of your life. And maybe it's just because you didn't consider, you didn't, you know, your character didn't have a good explanation of what would have happened during those years. Yeah. I was about to say, your, your character can't, probably can't conceptualize what art school is, but they can conceptualize what being a famous artist is. I also think you end up as an artist regardless, because the reason why you end up as an artist is because when you get sick, you rediscover your passion for drawing. I, I, I want I want I want to talk about the ending, unless you guys want to talk about the moments, like I call them to the come to mortality moments with uh, the the kittens, the kittens and the wolves, and the your mom's phone call. I don't feel like there's a lot to talk about with those. I feel like they're generally pretty self-explanatory, but I definitely want to talk about the ending. Yeah, I don't actually have much to. S- the kitten and the wolf thing really. I don't know, landed on deaf ears for me. I'm like, I, I'm like, where did this come from? Like, yeah, this is traumatizing and bad, but I don't, I don't well, know. it's funny. So in my, in my playthrough, I was able to, the first time you experience that as you're going through it in the first act, uh-huh. because that scene comes up in the first act, yes. but your memory blacks out the other side of the door. Uh-huh. So you can't see it. If you keep your eyes open long enough during that scene, the first time it comes up, you can hear it. Oh, okay. see that—that that I did not know. You, yeah. you hear. So it was funny because Mason, during your playthrough, you're like, "What the fuck is? I don't know what this is." And you just like brushed past it, and I was like, "That's the scene where the wolves are eating the kittens." <laughs> and you can, and the, you just, he, and it's so much more. Just the impact becomes greater because when you see it the first time, you just hear. You just hear like the the mashing of teeth and bone yeah. and stuff, and then that increases your impact later. Where like the first time you can like kind of brush it off, it's like ah, that could probably be anything. It's probably something to start, and then you see it, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck me. I but, still, I mean, the the mother's phone call hit a lot more for me than the wolves eating the kittens, because the mother's phone call you got like several contextualizing elements where it was like, oh, you know, your mom kind of resents her dad and he gave her like the piano and you got, you like played the piano when you were a kid. And the the cat is like, I love the cat, but the kittens were just like, you click a button and then the kittens appear and there's no, it's like, I'm not attached to these like kittens. Was, yeah. I don't, maybe I'm heartless. Maybe that's weird, but like the kittens didn't, I just thought it was like strange. To me. So one last thing I want to talk about is the ending. Specifically the part where you have the ability to go between the gatekeeper or the ferryman telling your story and your mom telling your story. Because I think that was the moment that had the most emotional impact on me. Because the emotional core of this game is so strong just on its own but there's something about that moment where you keep blinking and i know mason you didn't get to fully experience this unfortunately but i did click the mouse every time i blinked so i i was switching very rapidly yeah so blinking takes you just back and forth where it's like this your mom 
and the ferryman are telling the same story about your life and what your life meant. Even though you died young, you were still loved and you were able to make people around you feel joy. And there was just something about, and it's, it's so hard for me to explain fully. It's so hard for me to put it to words, but there's something so powerful about that moment where I, I don't, I don't know where I started crying at the end of this game. I want to say it was somewhere around that point, but I, I, I cried literally from that moment through the end of the credits. And then I just had to like sit with myself for 20 minutes, just contemplating what I had just seen. Yeah, it was, it was brutal, emotionally brutal. After I finished, I think I said, Jesus Christ. And then I had to step like into the bathroom to pull myself together after like Sam was just like alone on the call for like 10 minutes while I went and like sorted myself out. It is viciously hard to get through, but so captivating and so meaningful in a lot of ways. It's this idea that even a life cut short, even a life that didn't reach the aspirations, someone is going to remember you and tell stories of you after you pass. It's like, wow, absolutely gut-wrenching and captivating all at once to me. I love the moment where you blink for the first time and you're looking at the gatekeeper and you blink and it's your cat sitting on your next to your bed. I've got to say, as someone who is planning on having a child soon, that part was so incredibly rough for me because, you know, it made me think, what if I have to do this? I want to have a kid. What is going to happen if I have to deal with something like this? You know, because it's actually not very often in fiction that children die. Yeah, Um, yeah, absolutely. We don't really, because I mean, you know, it's, it doesn't feel good, right? And just with that exact context at this exact point in my life, it really made me feel, I don't know, it was, that is why I cried. Like, the story is sad, but contemplating that, which is a, technically a thing every person with a child has to, well, not doesn't have to think about, but does think about. And it's, oh, that's why that part weighed heavily on me, is it's like, what if this was my kid? Yeah. You know? I think something that this game soars on, something that it hits on excellently, and again, it's just like that the concept of mortality. It just, you, you know, you might not even be able to place yourself in these characters 100% of the time, but the idea of, you know, the afterlife, of death, of having to reckon with the things that you've done in your life and come to terms with the circumstances surrounding it. 
what does it mean to be able to do that? And I think they just, I it's not perfect, but they really elicit that feeling perfectly. I feel like. I think that the ending is one of the strongest characterizing moments for the main character in the entire game. I don't even, so you would think that it wouldn't, the ending wouldn't hit so hard for me because unlike Buck, I'm not, I don't want to have kids. I'm not planning on it. But in that moment, I could only think like at the end of my life, who's going to be there with me. I thought about leaving behind my fiance or my parents. I thought about me being there at the end of someone else's life, I, you know, and, and having to be with them while they struggled through that. And I think that speaks to how well they captured the humanness and just like the absolute wealth of the depth of emotions that, you know, a lot of us, a lot of people grapple with. A lot of people think about when they're alone. A lot of the things that are, you know, they occupy the same part of your brain as like, what if I won the lottery? You know, things that seem distant and far off, like bringing them to the forefront and like making you look at them and think to yourself, like, this is going to happen someday. This is, it's unavoidable. It's a part of life. What's it going to be like for you? It's hugely powerful, or at least it was to me. The the last time an ending, a video game ending made me feel like this was, I don't know if either of you played Persona 3. Nope. But it has, I don't know, I don't want to spoil it, a very similar message. And, you know, I played Persona 3 in college, which was 10 years ago now. So it's been a long time since a game really gave me feelings like this. All right. Any final thoughts? This is a just a germane kind of final thought to what you were just saying, Buck. When we cover our next game, I want to revisit this topic on the endings of games, eliciting these strong emotional responses, like making you cry and making you feel things like that. I want to revisit this specifically when we, well, I don't know if it's, we're doing Disco Elysium next, right? Yes. yes. I want to revisit this exact topic when we talk about the ending of Disco Elysium, because that is one of the other very few games that has made me cry at the ending, besides this game. We'll Somebody see. send us novel about what happens if you don't go the art route. I don't think <laughs> there is an option to not go the art route. Really? Okay. I think can you because you actually hit the can you actually pass the piano recital and get into piano school? What if you ignore every distraction? Oh, I don't think so. Because Uh, the the idea is you you fall in love with your art again while you're sick, and that happens. That happens regardless. Okay. Oh, you know what? I didn't think about that. That's a good point. But I think even. Even in spite of that, it still does elicit that feeling of the low, the road less traveled. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Next week, we will be discussing uh, Disco Elysium, a very big game. So that's going to be a longer episode or maybe two-parter. We'll see. But if you would like to follow along with us games-wise, that is what we will be playing next week. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next time.